All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. America and happy Sunday. Boy, we got a great show for you today. Carrie Lake, one-on-one with Amanda and I. She's going to tell us why she made the tape recording, how it came about. Does she have more tapes? Who recommended that she make the tape public? Carrie Lake unplugged on one of the big scandals engulfing American politics today. This one in Arizona, where the Arizona Republican Party chairman has been forced to step down. Carrie Lake at the top of the show. That's a good one. John McLaughlin, the pollster for Donald Trump and for many other successful candidates. John McLaughlin's going to break down what happened in New Hampshire and what will happen in South Carolina. Is there any hope for Nikki Haley? John McLaughlin will give it to us straight, at least from the Trump camp's perspective, in the second block of our show. Then we're going to go down to the border. Remember that FBI letter we talked about on Friday? Well, Mark Morgan, he was one of the signatories. Why? He's a former assistant director of the FBI, then later became the commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency that oversees our Border Patrol. Mark Morgan's going to describe why did he sign the letter, what is his real feeling about what's going on at the border, and which version of a border package, the one in the Senate with Senator Lankford or the HR2 advocated by Speaker Mike Johnson, which one's better for the country from a frontline border agent's perspective? Mark Morgan will give us that. Then in the fourth block, hey, guess what? Recently in Georgia, they found, I think, about 17 people tried to vote twice. They're all getting referred for criminal prosecution. Brad Raffsenberger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, is going to describe that, plus why he continues to remain concerned that all those illegal aliens crossing the border right now may one day be enlisted to vote as non-citizen voters and races. He wants a constitutional amendment and laws passed to ensure it never happens. Brad Raffsenberger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, will explain why those two issues are top on his radar. And then we'll finish up with one of the most exciting young Republicans in the Republican Party right now. He was the nominee for Attorney General in Arizona in 2022. Good friends with Kerry Lake, endorsed by President Trump, served his country in the United States military. Abe Hamaday, he's going to give us his thoughts on all going on in the world today. Why does the world feel like it's broken? Abe Hamaday has some thoughts. We'll have all that after this commercial break. But before we go there, a quick reminder, folks, as you know very well, AMAC is one of our great partners They're doing great things from boot camps for boomers to advocating for important legislation and training people to be uh, election observers. If you want to join AMAC and make the Association of Mature American Citizens one of your communities that you go with fellow patriots to serve this country. There are more than 2 million out there at AMAC. They're the alternative to AARP. All you got to do is visit amac.us slash justnews and join. Match me on my five-year membership. I'm a proud AMAC member. It's one of the best discounts I've ever had. Join AMAC today. It's as low as $12 per year. You can't even get a good burger anymore for that. Now, and when you spend that money, you'll get a discount if you go to that URL, amac.us slash justnews, and you'll be joining 2 million other patriots like you and me in their fight to save this great country. All right, visit one more time, amac.us slash justnews. We'll have Kerry Lake right around the corner. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. 
Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Welcome back, America. Every year, elections seem to become more challenging for many reasons, whether it's because of insider baseball in Washington, D.C., or an occasional lack in fundraising from establishment donors. Both are variables that most candidates can't ignore. But what about a state GOP chairman asking for his leading Republican candidate, who was previously a statewide nominee, to sit out of a political contest in exchange for millions of dollars? Take a listen to this part of a discussion between former Arizona GOP chairman Jeff DeWitt and leading Senate candidate Carrie Lake. Is there a number at which I can be bought? That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. Yeah. And since that recording was published, DeWitt has resigned as chairman and went on to claim in his resignation letter that Kerry's team threatened him with more damaging recordings if he didn't. Doesn't really seem like an ethical and it doesn't seem like something that an ethical candidate would do, especially one that just refused to be bribed out of an election. But let's dive into the latest. Carrie, from what I've seen, you are a courageous woman. You're guided by morals and principles. Um, I think it is I, I think it is heartwarming and uh, refreshing to see someone who is running for office, who is not on the menu. You are not viable. A lot of people might say that that's a Republican issue. I think it's across the board and it's bearing out in your polling, too. Right. Yeah, we're doing really well. I, I need to tell you, this conversation happened 11 months ago before I jumped yeah. into the U.S. Senate race. And a bunch of polls had come out showing I was the only Republican who could win. I'm, of course, an America First Republican. I support President Trump. And uh, I don't believe Jeff d did support President Trump at that time. He was behind DeSantis uh, behind the scenes and really didn't want me on the ballot and bringing out the whole MAGA folks here in Arizona. And it was ludicrous to think that I wouldn't do well. All of the polling was showing that nobody could beat me, even in the general against the Democrat. And so they wanted their own handpicked person that they can control. And that's what this is about. They can't control me. They can't buy me and they can't bribe me. And Washington, D.C. doesn't like that. Jeff should have just resigned after this came out. This is absolutely disgusting. It's about 11 minutes of of just uh, unethical, immoral bribery, frankly, bribery. And he should have just resigned and apologized, but he couldn't apologize. He had to lie. Our team never, ever threatened putting out more. 
Our team never did that. But this is a man who's worried because there's so many tapes like this, I'm sure, out there. We uh, we became aware that there were other tapes that somebody else put out of him trying to bribe somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy just can't help but, but, but put his foot in his mouth and say things that are not just inappropriate but unethical and hinging, hinging, frankly, on criminal. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask here. I mean, it's so shocking to hear that. I mean, I know we know about the days of Huey Long and the backroom deals here in Washington, but this is 2024. These things aren't supposed to happen in America anymore. After this conversation occurred, did you ever consider maybe I should go to the police or prosecutors? This doesn't feel right. Well, I knew it didn't feel right when he called me that day and said, I'm outside your neighborhood. Um, I'm on my way over. Can I come over? I have to talk to you about something uh, that I can't say on the phone. Hmm. And um, I thought my my uh, the little feels kind of went, OK, this uh, this could be a threat. I don't know what this is about. So that's why I recorded the conversation that took place at my dining room table. And he immediately went into trying to bribe me in order to not run for U.S. Senate. And he said some very powerful people back east, you know, you guys just played a very small bit of it. But this goes on for over 10 minutes. And I don't know how. How you try to explain that away in his letter. He said, this is just a normal conversation, a business conversation between friends. I don't know. I've got lots of friends and I know a lot of people in business. This is not a normal business conversation, not a normal friend conversation. And the fact that he thinks that is horrifying. We have to root out corrupt individuals. I don't care if they're in the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. We can't have our political Uh, politics being run by people like this. So this is the problem. Washington, D.C. hates President Trump. They obviously hate me as well. And frankly, we need to start sending more people to Washington, D.C. that the swamp doesn't like, rather than people that the swamp can control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, it's probably not wise to ask you to name these people on air, so I won't. Um, But did you find out from Jeff DeWitt who it was who put him, him up to this? Do you know? No, I don't. I mean, I have my guesses, but those are guesses. Um, the sad thing is that you could sit and think all day about who it could be. Who are these powerful people back east that he was talking about? And you could probably come up with a list of 300 or 400 people, entities, groups, organizations, lobbyists, consultants. That's how messed up Washington, D.C. is. The list could be endless on who it could be because this is how they operate. And this is why when we vote for somebody and we get them to D.C. and then we find out they're they're making votes against the people, against their constituents. For example, look at the border. And when it comes to really important votes, when it comes to spending votes, we look at the Republicans and go, why are they doing this to us? And I think it's because they get there and they get compromised. They do get bribed. They do get blackmailed. And that's a bad thing. That's that's not how you lead a country. And so we need to get people in there who can't be bought. And that's yeah. why I'm running. Yeah, no, it's such a, this is such a consequential race in 2024. And you can see from that conversation, other people think so, too, just in a much more negative sense. Um, I want to yeah. ask about some of the things that DeWitt and his campus said, because he said, I felt set up. But I just heard you say, he impromptu just reached out to you, right? Showed up. Yeah. Yeah. He just showed up. That doesn't sound like a setup on your part. He also said, oh, you got other tapes. Are there other tapes? Is there anything else you can share? I don't know. I yeah. don't know if there's other tapes. But yeah. you know what? It concerns me that he's behaved in a way that he's saying there's other stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You didn't make I mean, any, that's concerning. You, you didn't make any more tapes. No, I haven't yeah. made any more tapes. I, I released this uh, this bribery conversation, right. and he's so worried about the way he's been behaving that he's scared that there's worse stuff out there. That tells you a whole lot. <laughs> if wow. he's that concerned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carrie, uh, you mentioned those you, you mentioned those 300 people or organizations, and I'm thinking to myself, if, if a name pops in your head that you think is probably engaging in this type of stuff, you're probably right, because you go to the swamp and the swamp becomes a yeah. hot tub. Um, but I wanted to ask, you You know, this was 11 months ago, and a lot has happened since then. A lot has happened with respect to your polling, to Donald Trump's polling. We've had two primaries where Donald Trump won resoundingly. Yesterday, reportedly a closed-door meeting between Senate Major- or Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and other Senate Republicans saying, I think he referred to Donald Trump as the nominee, said illegal immigration is going to be the issue. Uh, from 11 months until now, do you think if you had the same conversation with Jeff DeWitt, if he would be singing a different tune? 
Yeah, maybe maybe he would have woken up to the fact that he was wrong. I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to deal with someone unethical like that. This is somebody who shouldn't be anywhere near our party leadership. If we can't be ethical, honest, pro-America Republicans, then I don't think uh, you should be in charge of the party. I do want to say this happened 11 months ago. And the next day I flew out to CPAC and I told the people at CPAC in my speech exactly what happened to that conversation. I didn't name Jeff's name, but I laid it out. And for 11 months now, I have been speaking about this incident. People, Some people didn't believe me. They said, oh, surely she's, uh, uh, you know, elaborating or kind of embellishing. But no, uh, it did happen. I spoke about it for 11 months. The mainstream media never contacted me and said, hey, what's this about? There's no curiosity into this bribery. Uh, conversation that I discussed. And now that the tape is out and they know who it is, now they're interested and they're trying to, of course, the fake media wants to take the side of the person who's trying to bribe, which is really sad and unfortunate. But the people understand what's happening here. And by the way, the reason I released this is I forgot I even had it because, you know, I, I just never listened to it. And the other night I, I hit play, I found it. And I, and I was at dinner with my 20 year old daughter and my husband, we were sitting around the dining room table And I said, oh, let's hear this. And I hit play and we, our jaws dropped to the floor. My daughter said, oh my gosh, mom, that was so bad. Who is that? And please tell me he's no longer involved in politics. I said, "Um, not only is he still involved in politics, he leads the Arizona Republican Party. And she looked at me and said, mom, you got to do something about this. Please tell me you're going to do something about this so that that man is not in charge of our our great Republican Party. And so Mm -hmm. with my daughter's um, urging, I said, I'm going to I'm going to put this out. It has to be out. People have to know what kind of person this is. It's an extraordinary episode. I covered politics a long time. Never seen anything like that. And having that audio just makes it very clear. There's not any doubt what was going on in that tape. Now, Carrie, yeah. I want to ask about the state of the Republican Party, because as Donald Trump puts his grip on the nomination, he's going to get it now. You begin to see all the other people in the party get behind him, watching a Tim Scott and a Vivek Ramaswamy and a Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis all together. The party's going to come together. In Arizona, it, there's still a challenge, right? There's still the factions of the Trumps and the McCain and all that. How does Arizona unite so that there's only one enemy and that's the Democratic Party? That's right. Well, Arizona, in my opinion, is the most gorgeous state in the entire country. It's beautiful from north to south, east to west, but it's also incredibly corrupt. And we got to have some fighters who are willing to take punches and root that that out. And we know how our elections are being run here. It's very corrupt. It's not going to be easy. This next year is going to be a battle. But the grassroots are winning the we the people of Arizona are winning and we're waking up. And so we're going to fight really hard. We're going to make sure now that uh, that Jeff has resigned that I, I hope that to my, as a matter of fact, Saturday, they have a statewide meeting for right. the GOP. And I hope that they get somebody good in there who's ethical and willing to fight and make sure that we're set up for an honest election. And we're set up over the next 10 months to take on this critical election going forward. Mm, so important. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Carrie, uh, quickly before we go, we got about 20 seconds left. Can you quantify the margin of fraud that you have to get outside of to win? Because we know that the election isn't (laughs) in Arizona. Well, I I was up in the polls by 10 and 12 points before, and that's why they had to do what they did in broad daylight. I mean, everyone was like, whoa, this is really brazen. Right. But the good thing is that I've been fighting. I continue to fight and we have woken up the people as to how they're doing this. So we're going to keep going. I've got my court case moving and we're just not going to let up. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We got a great interview right around the corner. John McLaughlin, bolster for President Trump, will explain New Hampshire, South Carolina, Iowa, and the general election right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now 
with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, Accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're very lucky to talk to one of the most important advisors to President Trump. He is his pollster, John McLaughlin, a good friend of us, and of course, CEO of McLaughlin & Associates. John, great to have you back on the show. Congratulations on a big night for the Trump campaign. Well, I'm just fortunate that I work for Donald Trump because he's certainly a historic figure. So, uh, so it was a great win for Donald Trump. It was a great win for the American people. And uh, we're, we're, it's another step where we're on our way to beating Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask this because I think a lot of people uh, say, well, what's immigration being a big concern in New Hampshire? I think we know just the entire country is flooded by the concern. But build the wall, which kind of made Donald Trump famous on the political scene in 2015. It's as popular now as ever. People really feel the effects of immigration, maybe even more so than his first campaign. Right. Exactly. Because it's all over the country. I mean, now, granted, New Hampshire has a border with Canada, a northern border. And drugs and illegals are coming over that border, not quite to the extent of the southern border. But it's still, I mean, the Biden administration is totally derelict in in enforcing the borders. And President Trump raised it in 2016. The country embraced it. The powers to be in Washington that survive off exploiting the middle class and allowing illegal immigrants into the country, they didn't embrace it. And uh, now there's more of a backlash. Even you're about to have February 13th. There's going to be a special election in, in New York State in the 3rd Congressional District, and that's the top issue there on Long Island. It's not Texas. It's Long Island. But Donald Trump, it was a great benefit to him because this primary, you had actually half the voters were not Republicans. The amazing thing about this primary was you had a historic tor- turnout because Nikki Haley and her Biden supporters, as well as never Trumpers, were working to bring in independents who make up almost half the vote in New Hampshire that normally vote Democrat. Like in our internal Trump campaign polls, we knew three out of 10 of the voters were basically uh, previous Democrat primary voters. And they were coming into the Republican primary to kind of hijack it and uh, vote for Nikki Haley and embarrass President Trump. And, you know, we fought through that when President Trump got three quarters of the Republican voters because they know that Nikki Haley at one point had attacked us on the wall, attacked President Trump's terrorist ban. And uh, also, some of, I, I think some of those independents, a good number of them, almost half voted for President Trump because Nikki Haley had, vote, had wanted to, she said the retirement age for Social Security is way too low and she wants to cut Social Security. Yeah. I mean, that's again, it's, it's, it's she calls it an entitlement. It's the one program that the middle class pays into all their lives and they want to get it. And then she's saying, no, no, you're not going to get it. But we'll let we'll let illegal immigrants into the country because our super PAC was running an ad where she says you can't call illegal aliens or illegal uh, immigrants criminals. Well, if you're not abiding by the law, what are you? And uh, it's just a bad sign. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, You know, we we heard a lot of campaign strategists and managers and talking heads throughout the 2016 cycle, throughout the 2020 cycle, uh, talk about how President Trump's numbers were good in a lot of demographics, but he always had an issue with the female vote. Yesterday, President Trump split it evenly with his challenger and not just any challenger, a female challenger. What do you think that says about his numbers in the general election? Uh, it's good. That's why we're ahead of Joe Biden in virtually every national poll that's coming out. I mean, uh, 
Harris Messenger came out with a poll. President Trump's up six, seven points. There was a Harvard-Harris poll out last week. We're ahead. There's a Rasmussen Reports poll that was out last week. We're ahead of Joe Biden by eight points, and Nikki Haley's losing by two points. So, the you know, we saw her collapse in December uh, in the national polls against Joe Biden. And Donald Trump's still ahead of Joe Biden, and it's driving Joe Biden crazy because he's, he's preparing with American Bridge a $200 million campaign to attack us in the battleground states because we're ahead in all the battleground states. Yep. So, I mean, right now it's a long way to go, but we want to begin the campaign with Joe Biden so we can stay ahead of him, make sure we beat him in November. Uh, but, you know, Nikki Haley's kind of like, she's in the stages between denial and anger where she's like <laughs> going on to South Carolina where ahead of her in the polls in South Carolina and she wants to continue the campaign. The only one she's helping right now is uh, Joe Biden. So, We'll see if his donors decide to keep funding her as well as have to fund other, you know, other ads on behalf of Biden where they're going to attack Donald Trump. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I know she sounded resilient like she's going in anyways, but uh, Ron DeSantis sounded that way after Iowa for a couple of days. We'll have to see what happens um, on that issue. What would you advise the president? What's the best path for the president? Should he ignore Nikki and just say, Nikki who? Or should he do the tricky Nikki thing and really continue to pinch and pound at her and really take her out? Uh, it almost seems as though no matter what, she's not going to get any more traction. Does he just move on to Biden and ignore her for the next six, uh, six or seven weeks? Well, it's a two-front two front war. I mean, he's being attacked. You know, she's, she's attacking us from below. <laughs> Biden's attacking us from below. I yeah. mean, but it's a different audience. So, you know, President Trump, he's 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 unbelievable in terms of addressing the issues and 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 also getting his message out in spite of what the mainstream media will say and do. Like, I mean, he won a double-digit race in New Hampshire, where you know this was a nice try, Nikki, but this is where your your ambush was supposed to work, and you didn't get it. So, uh, you know, you got beat by double digits. You got crushed in Iowa. Now we'll go into, you know, she's not even going to play in Nevada. And she's going, and now we'll go back to North, South Carolina and we'll beat her in South Carolina. But what state is she going to win? So Donald Trump helped make America strong. He had a, a better economy. He had a, he had a America, strong America where we didn't have endless wars, where, where uh, the, the country was more optimistic coming out of COVID. And Joe Biden, you know, increased inflation. He wrecked the yep. economy. He's, he's got there's a war in Russia that he can't end with Ukraine. He, you know, terrorists are attacking the United States, not and not just our ally Israel, but they're attacking our troops in the Middle East and our ships in the Middle East. And he's not responding. He's letting Iran get rich. I mean, the, the country really wants Donald Trump back. And uh you know, it's really hard for Nikki Haley to compete with that because he's got a successful, res re you know, record as president, and she doesn't. So, uh, you know, she left the administration. She just didn't, do and she's she she kind of sniped at us at different times. So mm. we'll see what well, President Trump will do. What he needs to do to win, and that's what counts. Because in the end, we want America to be stronger and a better place. And he really cares about this country, and that's why he's running in spite of all the things they've thrown at him. The yeah. four indictments, trying to knock him off the ballot. I mean, the attorney general in New York trying to confiscate his wealth and ban him from doing real estate business in New York. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're throwing at, at Donald Trump right now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And John, you know, I think for a lot of Republicans, it strains credulity that Nikki Haley insists that she she's in it for the long haul. She's going to rely on those open primary and semi open primary states to pull in Democrat and independent uh, voters. Um, I want to ask you, because you've been doing this a long time, you've covered a lot of presidential cycles, general election cycles, and I know that this probably varies depending on what candidate you're talking about, but is there a range in polling uh, for a candidate, a, a floor, let's call it, uh, for polling for a candidate where fundraisers and funders of that candidate say, I'm out? <sighs> when they keep losing, they should get out. But I think some of these... <laughs> Some of her funders really don't care because they want to do they want to do damage to President Trump so that Joe Biden can win again. And Republican primary voters are seeing through that. We got another good one after this, folks. Mark Morgan, former FBI agent, one of the signatories of that famous FBI letter and the former commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency. He'll join us right after this. Ah. <sighs> 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back, America. The House Homeland Security Committee moving forward with Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas's impeachment article scheduling a markup for next week. It could be on the House floor by early February. That's a pretty extraordinary development. Uh, well, with all of that going on, we're very lucky to be joined by a guy who has been warning for a long time. The border issue has resonated with the American people. They are fed up. Two polls, Iowa, New Hampshire, confirmed exactly what our first guest has been telling us for months on this show. He's the former Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner and a former FBI executive, Mark Morgan. He joins us right now. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, there's nothing like polling and on election night to tell you where voters really are. You've been saying it, no matter how much all the talk about economy, uh, everything else, the border is number one, whether you're in Iowa, New Hampshire, Florida, Texas. Um, big resounding findings in these polls. Were you surprised how much this, um, the issue is affecting people a thousand miles away from the border? No, John, because I think that what we've been saying for a very long time you know, one of the phrases that every state is a border state. Yep. I think people are finally waking up across this country. And I think we're at a point now to a level that if you're uh, at being intellectually honest, there's no more denying it. Uh, we, we have Democrats now are even admitting the crisis now. Now, their call for solution is very different than what we really need is a solution. But nevertheless, there's a widespread acknowledgement and people understand that what's happening on our border is an absolute chaos and it's unsustainable and there has to be change. And I think that's what you're seeing reflected in the polls. Yeah, yeah very important. I think that's I think that's right. And, and, and we're seeing some action up on Capitol Hill. I know on Monday you provided a deposition and, and testified about this. Your firsthand knowledge is knowledge of everything that you've seen. Uh, articles of impeachment, I think they're scheduled for markup the end of this month. How quickly do you expect this to roll down the road? Yeah, it should move quickly. As John said, we're looking at February, and, and this is remarkable. I think the last time a, a cabinet-level official was impeached, I think it was in the 1800s. Uh, Chairman Mark Green of the House Homeland Security, and he's done this in a very thoughtful, methodical way. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't rush the judgment like we've seen the Democrats do with respect to President Trump. He took about seven months. He's conducted countless uh, uh, hearings. He stacked up and racked up hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents that really outlines that Secretary Mayorkas has abdicated his oath. He's, he's abused his authority. He's lied to the American and people in Congress. And he really has been the chief architect of the worst border security crisis in our lifetime. And it is time that he's held accountable. So I just hope the Republicans show the same political strength and courage and will that Chairman Mark Green has shown. And this man, if they do, there should be no question. It should be a resounding vote for yes to impeach this man. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting to see while the border crisis plays out politically, security wise, everybody knows the danger. The 100, 200, 300 people tied to terrorism that have tried to cross the border. That means many who probably we don't know about did cross the border as gotaways. Uh, you and some of your former colleagues at the FBI, Kevin Brock, others recently sent a letter to uh, the Speaker of the House, I think just affirming what we all know, that this is a major security threat, leaving the border open. Could you tell us a little bit about the letter, why you joined it? Yeah, look, John, I really appreciate you asking this, because uh, I think what's important, it didn't come from me. Right. It didn't start with me. Right. In fact, it, it, it came from me. Uh, 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 Kevin Rocket had reached out to another colleague, a senior executive in the FBI, that I just happened to know. And he actually sent me the letter and say, hey, have you seen this? And I hadn't. Uh, but once I read it, I'm like, hey, I, of course, I'm all in. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think there's seven or eight top executives from the FBI. And the, the focus of the letter was, as you said, was on the national security issue with respect to the southwest border. And again, I, I think combined, you've probably got somewhere in excess of 160 years of FBI experience. And many of those years of those people that signed on were in the national security front. And they made the case of exactly why we've been saying for, for a very long time that border security is synonymous with national security. And right now, because of this administration's open border policies, they are jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's national security. So I, I happily signed on, and, and I hope it's going to raise some eyebrows on Capitol Hill. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom Thanks, in that sir. group of people, yourself included, Absolutely. no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I wanted to ask you about this, this decision by the Supreme Court. And, of course, yesterday Congressman Chip Roy said that the state of Texas should ignore this order to remove the concertina wire along the Texas border. Um, we are now seeing a situation where you have federal agents, federal border patrol there who who are cutting down the wire and then Texas National Guard who are throwing it right back up. That seems like a really dangerous struggle to me that could bubble over into something uh, that, that we're not prepared for. Yeah, I think that it's a microcosm of where we're at. Think about this. We really have law enforcement agencies uh, at odds with each other. I, I, if you would have asked me three years ago, I would have said, hey, like, we're going to have a disaster or southwest border. But but I wouldn't have predicted this. Uh, this is this is just unattainable. This, this is unimaginable that this is going on right now. But look, I, I, I applaud Governor Abbott. Uh, I hope for every uh, a row of Constantino wire that's removed, I hope he puts two back up. And I hope this is going to lead ultimately to the constitutional showdown uh, that that is needed here. The Supreme Court, I think they're on the wrong side of this. And I'm really frustrated. I mean, their decision was was basically their explanation was one paragraph. They really didn't give us a thorough explanation of the legal framework of which they relied upon for this decision. But at the end of the day, what they basically said is, is that if the federal government abdicates their constitutional responsibility under Article 4, Section 4 to protect and defend our, our uh, borders from threats outside it, is that the states can't do anything. They simply have to step aside, suck it up as illegal aliens, including criminals, murders, rapists, pedophiles, drugs, and potential national security threats pour into their state. Well, that's not what the Constitution says. Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, we refer to the self-help remedy, is very clear. If the federal government fails their constitutional responsibility, states can step up and protect themselves. Um, so I hope this leads on the merits to that constitutional showdown. Yeah, just today, the governor, Governor Abbott, uh, issued a new statement saying, forget the federal law. We are now at the constitutional crisis level. We have a constitutional right to defend ourselves. Just like you said, Mark, it's, yep, yep, it's that's yep. where we're headed. It's a constitutional he, he, question. He's right on that. Look, it's very clear that, that USB Arizona has said that states cannot enforce federal immigration law. Right. I, it's, it's my premise and Governor Abbott. That's not what he's doing. He's looking. This is a constitutional issue. His actions are being authorized by the Constitution, and I think he's on the right side of that. Yeah, I think it's going to come back to the court before long. Sir, I want to get to something that a lot of people aren't talking about, but I hear about it from the rank-and-file uh, border and ICE and other agents. Uh, back in 2008, during the Bush border crisis, uh, there was a deal made to lure law, law, law enforcement from other agents to come in and work on the front lines of the Border Patrol. They put 20 years in. They could get their pension. That 20-year day of reckoning is coming in 2028. It looks like thousands of people could retire in a very small window. How big a cliff is this? And is anyone in government preparing for it? It's a huge cliff. And the important difference, so back in 2007 and 2008, pe people were getting in line because they wanted to come That's to the right. United States Border Patrol. Uh, the, the game is completely different. So you have two things that are really happening right now, John. One is you have those people that are hitting the 20-year mark they're not one to stay. They want to get out. And that's very unusual for Border Patrol. Usually, it's very common for Border Patrol agents to be forced out after 27, 28, 29 years. And then the second part of that is, is they're having a hard time filling the slots. So right now, my sources are telling me the attrition right now is about uh, a little over 1,000 annually right wow. now. They're having trouble filling the academy slots to keep up with that. Right now, they just bumped up the hiring, the, the signing bonus from yeah, 20 to 30,000 which is indicative they're having a hard time filling the class. Uh, uh, this is going to be an issue. Yeah, no, it really is. And it seems like a cliff that Congress should be paying attention to. Um, speaking of Congress, I know that you are getting constant updates from Capitol Hill regarding the border deal or, or the budget deal with respect to the border. What are, what's the latest you're hearing? Look, I, I have uh, had conversations with Senator Lankford and Senator Graham uh, in full disclosure. 
I think it was a little late. I think he finally did that because uh, we were being pretty harsh that they were doing this behind closed doors and they were reaching out to the to the border security experts that they should have that under the Trump administration uh, oversaw the, the most secure border in our lifetime. Like people like Tom Holman, the former ICE director, Rodney Scott, myself, Joe Edlow of USCIS. Uh, what, what Senator Lankford has been, uh, who he has been talking to, is Secretary Mayorkas. I mean, literally, you've got one chamber that's impeaching him, and you have Senator Lankford that's actually asking for his advice. That's literally like talking to the arsonist and asking him for his opinion on how effectively <laughs> he put out the fire, right, that he's starting. Uh, so that, that's one issue I have. But right now, uh, what we're hearing that's being reported in the media is that if there, there, there are a couple of good things, but the negatives far outweigh any of the good elements. I, I, and virtually, right now, what they're saying is that they're not going to force them to end the unlawful use of parole. They're not going to force them to end catch and release. Those that they do release, they're going to give them immediate work permits. They're also going to continue to approve the $13 billion supplemental funding that really is going to go to fuel non-governmental organizations to continue to complete the last leg of the, leg of the smuggling operations. This isn't going to do anything. And the last kicker is that they've actually said 5000 a day is is the mark that's going to force administration to actually take action to stop the flow. 5000 That's already a disaster. Remember, it was Secretary Jay Johnson under yeah. a Democratic administration that said 1000 is a bad day. And they're saying, yep. no, nope, that's going to take until 5000 We're already overwhelmed. It's already broken an arrow with 5000 If it's true what's in this, it's not going to do anything. It's actually going to make it worse. All right, folks, the devil's going to take us down to Georgia. I went to use a little country music there. Sorry about that. Brad Raffsenberger, Secretary of State for Georgia. He's got some big concerns about illegal aliens one day voting in elections and people double voting and cheating in the elections. He just caught 17 of them in Georgia. He'll explain all of that, the Secretary of State of Georgia, right after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, America. It feels like every time we blink these days, there is something new going on in Georgia. And last time we had Secretary Brad Raffensperger on, he talked about how the Democrats' long-term plan was to register non-citizens to vote. But he's been on the front lines calling for state and federal constitutional amendments to allow only U.S. citizens to vote. Novel idea. And with elections taking place with the next Republican primary contest coming up in just one month, today is a perfect day to get an update on this growing issue. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for being here with us. Well, you're welcome. Looking forward to it. Sir, I just want to get a status update on this because you you will undoubtedly encounter headwinds if you have not already. Um, This isn't a red state issue, though, because depending on the state, this polls very well between, I think, about 74 percent and 86 percent, 80 percent in Georgia support banning non-citizens from voting, and yet I know that you're going to experience some resistance. Um, who, who and what do you anticipate being the biggest obstacles for you, both at the state and federal level, and how do you get around those obstacles? Well, I think we just continue to speak and let people know that the vast majority of Americans and Georgians you know, believe that only American citizens should vote. You know, with all these open borders, the number one issue that our country faces is foreign interference in our campaigns and elections. We've seen it before, uh, and now we need to we need have 2024 coming up. We need to make sure that we don't have foreign interference. So it's not just having a prohibition, and I'm, and I'm strongly uh, pushing the General Assembly to make sure that only Americans vote through a constitutional amendment, but we need to also have 
We need to ban foreign funding and campaigns and elections, and that needs to be a state ban. Yes, there's federal laws, but we do not have a state law to fund, you know, and to ban foreign funding of elections and campaigns here in Georgia. And I also believe that, you know, the lobbyists and political consultants, they need to register with the state regarding their work with foreign entities. Yeah, it's such an important mm-hmm. issue. It's funny, last, sir, last time we had you on, it was before the benefit of the exit polls in Iowa and New Hampshire. And just like you predicted, uh, immigration is the number one issue for voters in these early primary states. Uh, and we're talking about states far from the southern border, right? New Hampshire, Iowa, long ago. It clearly is an issue that's resonating with the American people. And the idea that it could intrude upon uh, the elections, I think, scares people a lot. Um, in Georgia, uh, you did an audit. I think you found a small number of people who tried as non-citizens or suspected of, uh, as non-citizens of trying to vote. So the efforts are underway. Your, your system caught them. Other states might not be as lucky, right? Well, or as, as uh, rigorous in their checks. So we're doing yeah. robust systems checks. Before you get a driver's license in Georgia, Department of Driver Services does a robust citizenship, citizenship check to make sure that only American citizens, you know, are getting driver's license or have lawful status here. Uh, so we know what their status is and is it a lawful status And then because we're real ID compliant. So if you don't have lawful status, you can't even get a driver's license. So we do that. But we also know whether they're an American citizen or are they a lawful, you know, a resident alien, you know, on a work visa, things like that. That's right. good. But also then, we're already being sued right now, John. We're being sued by the coalition for the by the uh, coalition for the people's agenda. Yep. They want us to be. Up, they want to stop us from doing citizenship verification. So you kind of know what their plan is right now. And with these open borders, yes, immigration, you know, and inflation. But immigration is right up near the top. If it's not number one, it's number two, and they're both so close. But we need to know who these foreign you know actors are, right. and they shouldn't be allowed to use dark money or American citizens as willing cutouts to avoid disclosure of their goals and their intentions in influencing American, you know, elections. Because, you know, we've seen this before and we hear about it after the fact. We want everyone to have confidence. People trust the mechanics of the voting and the counting process because we've been transparent about that. And we've really, really worked hard at shoring it up. We have photo ID for all forms of voting in Georgia. And we also make sure that we keep those lines shorter than one hour. But this is one area that has to be shored up, and that's why I've called on the General Assembly to make sure that political consultants need to register, along with the lobbyists, register with the state if they're doing work with foreign entities. Yeah, that is so important. Very smart. Yes, sir. Um, I think that a lot of Americans would be surprised to know how pervasive this issue is. I mean, I think most Americans think, well, of course, there's no foreign money going into our elections because that could purchase influence and that creates a whole slew of issues. How, how pervasive is this? Well, once we register, then we'll find out what, how pervasive <laughs> it is. That's, the issue. that's a good point. And that's what we're saying. We need a statewide, you know, uh, legislation so we can look at any foreign funding and campaigns and elections. And we need to ban that. And then we also need to require lobbyists or consultants that are working with foreign entities to be registered so we know who they're working for. You know, are they working for, uh, you know, nation states such as Iran, Russia, China? There's a lot of bad actors out there. And if they're working for a good actor, that's not going to concern people. But if they're working with a bad actor, that concerns American citizens, and rightly so. Yeah. Sir, one of the things you mentioned, dark money, and of course, we know that at least uh, federal campaigns can't take any federal contributions, nor can federal parties. 501c3s are not supposed to take it. Uh, but there is a, a, always been a, an allowance of foreign money going to 501c4s. That's one of the backdoor areas, the dark money areas that you're going to be targeting. Is that correct? Absolutely. And we want to know, you know, who people are working for and you know, if they're working with a foreign entity, we don't. If they're an agent with a foreign entity, I believe that that's a responsibility that that needs to be disclosed. And so we want to make sure we have accountability here. You know, shine the light, you know, of day on this, so we know that American citizens are electing our representatives here in the state of Georgia. Yeah, that's so important. Mr. Secretary, one of the biggest issues in in state elections and federal elections across the country um, is the issue of clean voter rolls. Here in California, our 
I can't even begin to describe how, quote unquote, dirty our roles are. But in Georgia, you've done a really great job of cleaning up those roles to almost a, a majority degree. I mean, I think that there are only uh, a few outlier counties where this is still an issue. Can you walk our audience through this initiative and how you got that done and maybe provide a proto- prototype for other states? Well, we have the cleanest voter rolls in the country because we have we do several me- uh, measures. Number one is we're doing regular list maintenance. We'll continue to do regular list maintenance through the 2024 cycle. We've also have partnered with our Department of Driver Services, and so when people go to any of the other 49 states and get a driver's license, we get notification of that through Department of Driver Services. You can't have two driver's licenses, so then we can send a notice to that person. Oh, we understand you got a driver's license here in Texas, North Dakota, Nebraska. It doesn't matter where it is. And, and then we just verify that they have moved there. We can take them off the voter rolls. Two, we're still a member of the Electronic Registration Information Center, ERIC. And there's about 25 other states that are members of that, and we share uh, information uh, with them. In fact, that's how we found 17 double voters from the election of 2022, yeah. which we've actually just forwarded that last week to local DAs. County DAs now have that information, and we've gotten that to their hands so they can prosecute. And in Georgia, we prosecute. And those folks are looking at up to 10 years in prison and up to a $100,000 fine. And then also, if you're not a member of ERIC, like a fellow state like uh, Alabama next door, we have a bilateral agreement with them. We have one with Kentucky, Virginia, and we want to work on Texas because that's a big state and we have a lot of movement there. So we want to make sure we can pick up any kind of people moving from one state to the other. And then obviously when you move in Georgia, people typically update their driver's license. As you get pulled over by law enforcement, they ask you for vehicle registration and your driver's license. And the next question is, is this your current address? So they update their driver's license. And so by doing that, we can you know, move with people around, around the state, around the county, or around a precinct. So we know exactly where they are, and we can update our voter rolls very quickly and objectively. So we have very clean lists. And like I said, we prosecute those 17 double voters. I don't know what they thought they were getting away with. We found them, and now the DAs have the information. Yeah, that's a big, it's a big deterrent, too, because other people who might be tempted could be watching what happens to those 17. They're not going to have that temptation much longer. Uh, we got about a minute left, so I want to ask one last question for you. Um, the early voting is obviously going to be here for the long term. I know a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to get rid of it. It's not going away. It's not there. But it seems like Republicans are getting more comfortable in engaging and trying to do it in a lawful way instead of just ignoring it. What's the best advice? Georgia does it well without a lot of problems. What's the best advice you can give to other states that might be kicking into it this year? Well, we have 17 days of early voting. We have three weeks, Monday to Friday, and then two Saturdays. And now most Georgians, with 65% of all Georgians, are voting early. They have plenty of options, so these are almost like vote centers. You can vote anywhere yeah. in the county. It's county by county, but anywhere in the county during those 17 days. And so usually many uh, polling locations, everything that you do is photo ID based. Election day is 30% above all voters, photo ID. And then we also have absentee voting. And we now have shored that up with photo ID. So no matter how you vote in Georgia, we have photo ID. We also um, have asked the General Assembly to give us funding so we can make sure we put a watermark. We have you know security threads and fibers in the ballot already. But now we've asked for the money so we can make sure that every ballot has a watermark. So it'll have a watermark, probably our state seal, but, you know, coming up, you know, for the election of November 2024, every ballot will be watermarked. So all 5 million plus ballots will all be identified. That's official ballot paper. And this is how many we have. And we can recount anything. And then we also do audits. That's really important. So I think we've kind of hit the hour mark of all the different points. It all kind of comes together as a cohesive team. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up with a good one. My good friend, the candidate for U.S. House in Arizona, Abe Hamaday, endorsed by President Trump, friends with Kerry Lake, served his country in the military. Abe always brings a lot to every interview. We'll have him to wrap up the show right after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Abe Hamaday, of course, served in the U.S. military. He then ran as the Republican nominee for Arizona's attorney general, where he ran on a very strong border uh, policy. And today he's running for one of the most important open house seats, Arizona's eighth congressional district. And Abe is joining us right now. Abe, great to have you back on the show. Thank you both. Good to be with you. Let's start with the Supreme Court 5-4 uh, saying, hey, it's all right for the feds to come in and take down or cut the concertina wire that Texas put up to try to protect the border. Your reaction to that? Well, John, you know, a lot of people may not know the history with the states suing the federal government, but Arizona has a storied history with a SB 1070 way back, I believe it was 14 years ago, which made it all the way to the Supreme Court. I thought, you know, back then it had to deal with um, pulling people over to look, checking their immigration status. What Texas is doing now with their misdemeanor laws and also just protecting their own border, I thought this had a better chance at the Supreme Court, especially with the new makeup of the Supreme Court, which has six Repub conservative justices. But, you know, this is what's really disappointing is when you have the federal government, it seems that there's no action from either one. So where do we, where do the people get justice? When you have Texas, who's uh, inheriting all of this mess when you have 300,000 people cross our southern border and Texas takes matters into their own hands. And now you're starting to see the federal government tell them to stop. So it seems to me that the federal government, not just the Biden administration, but unfortunately now with the Supreme Court, seems complicit with this invasion that's happening. And what is really concerning for me as a, as a former prosecutor is I think the legitimacy of these institutions are going to be questioned. Now, what is the purpose of the federal government if it, they're not doing their job, which is to provide security for the American people? So I don't know what Texas's next steps are going to be, but you know, I, I am very, very shocked and disappointed to see two of the conservative justices uh, join with the liberal justices on, on this matter because you know, border security is national security. And right now everybody recognizes what's happening down there is an invasion that's unsustainable. And if the federal government is refusing to do its job, and now they're also hamstringing the states, telling them they, they can't do their job, uh, I don't know. This is, sounds like a recipe for disaster going forward in the future. Yeah. yeah really Absolutely. Is. And, you know, it's not just people who are coming, coming across the border. It's drugs. And, you know, this is the eve of the New Hampshire primary. New Hampshire is consistently in the top five states in our nation most affected by opioid uh, deaths in their state. And we have seen... We've seen a number of issues rank in the top three going into this election because there's a bad economy and obviously the border crisis. The economy was number one as far as concerns, and now it's immigration. Um, how much do you expect this to affect tomorrow's primary, of course, in New Hampshire, a state that even though it's far removed geographically from the border, it's affected as far as drugs. Um, but how do you expect that to play out in the, in the election as a whole? Well, I think we're seeing it playing out right now all across the country. You're seeing Boston, Chicago, New York, when they're taking all these uh, illegal immigrants and, you know, even against their own will. So it's really every single state has become a border state, Amanda. So that's why you're seeing the rise uh, in numbers where people are taking immigration and border security seriously, because it's going into their own backyards. And as you mentioned, it's not just the number of illegal immigrants, you know, who we have to provide housing from, especially when it's cold, uh, but it's also the drug Drugs that are pouring across from the drug cartels, uh, fentanyl here in here in Arizona, you know, it's ravaging these suburban communities like we've never seen before. So, you know, th that's why I think right now people are waking up to the realities of the situation at our southern border. And you look at the policies under President Trump, which we did have a secure border compared to now, where this is the most devastating thing that we've ever seen, um, especially here in Arizona. I mean, the number of people coming across is is unbelievable. And I just happened to be down there a few weeks ago. Uh, it, it's it's I think all Americans, no matter what party you're a part of, recognizes now 
that border security is a must. Or even having Senator John Fetterman, who seems to be agreeing with more Republicans these days, um, talking about this as well. So you know, I think Democrats are going to be hurting going into the general election. But you know, where President Trump is the main focus that he is going to win the New Hampshire primary tomorrow is they looked at the policies and the results of his administration. He had a secure border. We didn't have hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants crossing in. We were enforcing our laws. And so that's the that's the reality of the situation. We have the federal government who is refusing to act and the people are taking notice because uh, what happens when the federal government isn't acting, the state government is now just complaining and suing other states. Uh, it's not going to end well. And the people are recognizing this administration is totally uh, negligent to their duties in protecting the people. Yeah, that's how so many people feel. It's just really remarkable. Uh, Abe, I want to turn to the uh, news we started at the top of the show with. Brand new documents out of the Election Cybersecurity Agency and the Homeland Security, CISA. All right, so they were censoring anyone who dare raise questions in 2020 about the validity or uh, security of mail-in voting, even though its own experts were raising concerns about it. Things like, we don't have enough people to count them. We're not getting enough ballots out. We're worried about, uh, in fact, at one point they were saying that the National Guard or State Guard was going to be brought in some states to count votes. Uh, so there were problems, but anyone who asked about them were censored. Uh, what your reaction on that? The hypocrisy is on full display, John. And, you know, elections is obviously near and dear to me since I'm still in the legal system fighting our election lawsuit. We have three election lawsuits going on. But the mail-in ballots are, you know, particularly interesting because primarily the reason for mail-in ballots, why they were first implemented, was so that service members who are serving overseas can participate in democracy. And funny enough, I was actually overseas in the 2020 election serving in, the, in Saudi Arabia. And I got my I got my vote, my ballot actually by email. They didn't even mail it in. So, and then when I came back home from my deployment, I had multiple mail-in ballots in my house that were not associated with my name. And they were prior tenants or prior owners. So, you know, the, the idea that the federal government was trying to basically spread propaganda that 2020 was safe and secure and that there was no issue with the mail-in ballots when they themselves knew that this is a huge vulnerability. And they've known about this for years. I believe the Carter Commission uh, back in the early 2000s had talked about how mail-in ballots are one of the most unsecure ways of voting. So uh, it just shows you the lengths that the deep state goes to try to control the narrative and the propaganda. But, you know, here in Arizona, we we really are in tune with what's going on with our elections. And believe me, it's a complete mess. But I think people are waking up to the fact that the government has been lying to them quite a bit. Uh, they lied about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, so they lied about the mail-in ballots. So it, it, this is nothing new coming from the federal government. But I'm glad it's getting out there now. But unfortunately, this is what, you know, four years after the last election, when we know that there's a huge vulnerability with the mail-in ballots. So this is something that I'm looking forward to joining Congress because election integrity is going to be one of my top issues while I'm there. Uh, we have to get a handle on it because I know so many people have lost faith and trust in our elections. And think about what, how much damage that does to the morale of our country when the people feel they have, as if they have no voice. So that's something I'm going to be really focused on when I'm in Washington, D.C. with President Trump and hopefully Carrie Lake in the Senate as well. Yeah, yeah well, and like you said, I mean, Arizona, I hate to say it, is still a mess. You guys are currently at this moment dealing with issues with your easy voter registration. Um, your Secretary of State, Adrian Fontes, has raised the alarm because apparently if someone adds the word party to their to their party affiliation, Republican Party, Democrat Party, then it aut automatically moves them into the other column, which is going to preclude them from voting. Um, on a scale of one to ten, uh, how do you rank the improvements in election integrity? Because it kind of feels like it's pretty close to zero. Oh, it's it's, it's below zero. And in, in fact, you know, this is something that my lawsuit was talking about for months prior is that you're having these system failures um, all across these counties that are unregistering people, switching their addresses uh, and canceling their registration. So this new thing that this new uh, uh, thing that came out just recently uh, with the problems with the party registration is a big deal. And it, the reason why it's going to continue to get worse, Amanda, is because the courts have have refused to act. 
you know, they want to act as if election integrity is some sort of some sort of conspiracy theory. But our election lawsuits have really exposed that there's a lot of negligence, incompetence, and possible corruption in our elections. And until that's handled, it's going to continue to get worse. So I'm really hoping that there's a court or some judges that take this very seriously. But here in Arizona, it, it, it has become a complete mess. All right, folks, that wraps up the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Thanks for joining. Have a great weekend. We've got a little bit left. Enjoy, I guess, one more great weekend of football before the Super Bowl. Yep, the AFC-NFC Championships this weekend. Until then, have a good one. Be sure to tune in Monday to Newt Gingrich exclusively here on John Solomon Reports. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.